Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queen's Massage talking. And I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. What is going on, everyone? It is Anthony DeStefano, your host of the 2019 WrestleHub Wrestling Podcast Awards, reminding you that voting ends on the 25th of November, so there is still time to vote for your favorite podcast. Go over to the WrestleHub on Twitter to vote, and don't miss the award show December the 8th, live on YouTube. If you want to support the awards, go over to patreon.com backslash PA to support. We will see you the 8th, and thank you for keeping wrestling real. Thanksgiving from Queenie to you. This week's episode of Queen's Court is all about Survivor Series with my pal, Kurt. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. It is only one day away as this is your favorite day, Wednesday. Queen's Court's dropping one half of the hashtag Queen of Pup Connection. Yes, honey. Wednesdays we wear purple. I know you've already listened to JPQ's episode today, and if you haven't, uh, then I know it's in the queue right after mine, right? Of course it is. Anywho, for my stateside friends, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're ready to enjoy all that turkey, beer, and football tomorrow. You know your girl is. I'm cooking for my whole squad, my whole fam. I'm really excited. I'm hosting. It's going to be a really great time. I- I'm really looking forward to it. For those of you who are not from the States, Thanksgiving is our holiday in November. We have a good time. As I mentioned, it's all about turkey, stuffing, family, and football with beer. So it's a good time. And by football, of course, I mean American football, not football, the real football, <laughs> which is uh, soccer to us uh, Americans. But uh, you guys, listen, it's Thanksgiving here. And, and my tradition in my family is we always say what we're thankful for in 2019. And, you know, I have a lot of things to be thankful for. I'm really thankful for Mr. Queen for supporting this podcasting venture Ever since this kind of started at the uh, beginning of February. So, Mr. Queen, to you, I just want to say thank you so much, my darling dear, (laughs) for uh, all your love and support as I've taken this podcasting journey. I want to say a huge, massive thank you to Pops from DYWTSB for finding me, (laughs) finding me amongst the, the Twitterers, the tweeters. Uh, during Royal Rumble weekend and for seeing something in what I had to say uh, online to to pulling me into podcasting and, and giving me my spot that I have on DYWTSB. And I, I want to say thank you to you specifically for that. I also want to say a huge thanks to you both, uh, Pops and Mort, for the awesome friendship that we've built since podcasting together this year. You guys are the greatest and It's so much fun speaking with you guys every week about wrestling. It's just hanging out with your best friends, having a great old chat, and and it's been really an enjoyable experience. So I want to thank you both for everything you've done for me in 2019. Another huge thank you to my former Brain Buster Radio crew. Uh, You know, you guys know that I spoke about it a little bit, but and I'm not getting into it now again. Um, But I... I, uh, it's hard to say uh, fully how much I appreciate these these boys. These are my boys, you know. It's my my squad, my crew that I still DM and talk to every single day. Uh, and, of course, you've heard them all in my shows, and they will all be returning and coming back. It's just been such a, an awesome time. Their love and support of me as a brand-new podcaster, as someone who's never been on the mic solo before, this was a huge, huge deal, uh, and their friendship means very, very much to me. Uh, I love and support them all. So my BBR crew, my squad goals, thank you. I'm very thankful for you guys. I know not all of you celebrate Thanksgiving, but you're getting it anyway. <laughs> um, I also want to give a special, special shout out to two individuals. Firstly, to Anthony from Smart to Death. You know, I've told him this both privately and, and I've said it publicly, but I'll say it again. You know, Anthony's show, Smart to Death, 
uh, is what got me into wrestling Twitter. It's why I turned my Twitter into a wrestling Twitter page. I joined the Discord, and here I am today. So, Anthony, I just want to say thanks for being so welcoming to someone who, you know, you didn't know at all uh, in your Discord and and, uh, on Twitter, of course. And now I'm so thankful to get to call you my friend and to get to speak with you sometimes, uh, how honored I am to come on Smart to Death with you every now and then and and co-host with you about whatever it is we're going to talk about that week. Uh, it's an honor, man. Mags likes to call you the gold standard, and, and you certainly are. So I just want to say thank you for your friendship, and, and thank you for inspiring me to to join this amazing community, because without your podcast, Queen wouldn't be here today. So thank you, pal. And last but not least, I know we're not surprised. My pal and yours, Mr. JPQ. I just want to say I never expected to join Wrestling Twitter and and join these discords and start a podcast, of course. But to you, pal, I never expected to find a best friend, uh, my best CPQ, my homeboy. It's nice. uh, And that's an understatement to to be your friend, to be in your presence. You make me a better person. You make me a better podcaster. And to your friendship has meant so much to me this year. And I cannot wait for... uh, many more years to come of being the besties, the hashtag queen and pup connection. So thank you, JPQ, for all that you do uh, and your inspiration and your friendship. And now, dear listeners, a huge thank you to you, to you guys. Um, <laughs> 2019 is wild. Queenie is not going to stop saying it, y'all, until 2019 is over. Okay, 2019 is is wild. If you had asked me this time last year if I thought I'd have my own podcast and be on another podcast and have these side projects and side ventures, um, poof, man, I would have called you crazy. And here we are today. I've had such a wonderful, wonderful experience podcasting. It has been an enormous amount of fun, you guys. I can't even tell you. All the adventures that we've had on Queen's Court together and all the interactions we've had on Twitter, all of the the fun pay-per-views we've watched, all the shows that I've gotten to go to, all of you that I've got to meet in real life. Uh, you guys, it's just crazy. The collabs, uh, the love on the episodes, the unique stuff, the inspiration. Um, it, it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm so, so thankful for DYWTSB and for Queen's Court and for all of you. Um, you guys know who you are on Twitter. Y'all mean a lot to me. Uh, all my friends, all the people that I interact with, my acquaintances. Thank you. Thank you for supporting Queen's Court. Thank you for supporting your girl, the Queen of Any. And uh, cheers to you guys. I'm going to have a couple white claws just for you tomorrow. So thank you. But that's enough of the sentiment, honey. Okay. Before Queenie starts crying, because Queenie's a softie. All right. It's a true story. I know I sound like a bad bitch. And I am. Don't mistake me. I Don't come for me. But I got a soft side. I cry too sometimes. It's okay to cry. All right. But this episode is all about Survivor Series. And I have my pal Kurt, who hasn't made his uh, return <laughs> to the castle until right now. I'm so excited to have him. So listen, strap in, babies. We're about to be on this wild ride of breaking down Survivor Series 2019 on Queen's Court. All right, everyone. Welcome back from that quick little introduction. And here we are to talk all things Survivor Series 2019. Yes, so excited to discuss it. But of course, I'm not alone. I have a pal, a pal we haven't had on Queen's Court in a while, and especially not since we got a new castle. So I'm so excited to have Mr. Kurt, Sir Kurt, you're back on Queen's Court from Ringsider Pod and the brand new Kurt's Angle. Woo! What's up, Kurt? Hey, Queen. Thank you for having me. Uh, so excited about this. It's been way too long, to be honest. Um, yeah, as soon as I decided I want, I wanted to be back and I got that bug, you was essentially the first person I reached out to and I was like, yo, we need to collab, we need to do stuff together again. And 
yeah, we've both been quite busy. We've got it together. And what a perfect time to be speaking about Survivor Series, which knocked it out of the park for me. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And yeah, it's my favourite queen that I get to chat to it about. <laughs> That's right. I'm so excited to to have you here. You're back and you're right. We had a really neat, awesome pay-per-view weekend, not only with Survivor Series, but with War Games as well. Just uh, now that it's over and it's been a couple of days, you said you really thought it knocked it out of the park. But speak to how you feel now a few days later. Do you think it was, as some people are saying, WWE's best pay-per-view this far, uh, thus far of 2019? Um, potentially, to be honest. Mm. I think it's always it's always difficult to say because of you know, Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias, you get caught up in those two hypes. But certainly away from those two big pay-per-views were, no matter what the card is for WrestleMania, you're always hyped because it's WrestleMania. Yeah, it's a course. spectacle. Royal Rumble, it speaks for itself. It's my favourite pay-per-view of the year is the Royal Rumble. It's my favourite match style because of how exciting it can be and all the surprises. But I think... This is the best Survivor Series, dare I say, in the past decade. Like, mm. it was, it had everything. And the booking decisions went brilliantly as well. It wasn't, I, I wasn't left with a bad taste in my mouth. But then mm. I didn't feel that they polished and made NXT look too golden either. So I thought it was a perfect blend and I thought it was a perfect build. I've not seen Raw yet, so I've, I don't know what the fallout is. But, yeah, for me, really enjoyed Survivor Series. When I've spoken about it to my colleagues, I'm like, you need to check it out. It was really good. And in its own right, it measured up with TakeOver War Games. Like, War Games is incredible because of War Games. But I think WWE, they, they stepped it up and I think they made it. I've seen more positive than negatives online. Yeah, you know, and I th I think so too. As one of the you know the major four pay per views that we have from WWE, and you know, obviously Rumble and Mania, like you said, or <laughs> that's the tops. You always get some kind of like feeling and hype and excitement, especially for Mania, because it's it's Mania. It's hard to beat that level of excitement. Um, but I thought this one did a really good job. I think from top to bottom, aside from a couple of things that I really just didn't like or agree with. I was relatively pleased by the end of the pay-per-view. <laughs> I was surprised at myself going, wow, I kind of really like that. Um, there was a lot of things in here, so much to unpack. Um, but I thought one of the things overall, before we get started talking about the, the two-hour kickoff show, um, you know, I really thought it was well-paced. Did you find that with this pay-per-view as well? Yes, actually. And not as, like, even the matches as well. I think the wrestlers pace themselves brilliantly. Um, like for example, I know I'm skipping a little bit forward and I won't say the outcome, but mm -hmm. the women's five on five on five, which was the first match on the official show that went 28 minutes, but it didn't feel like 28 minutes. It felt like a long match, but not long in a negative way. And they've kept the crowd so hot and so invested. And I felt like they did that consistently keep going and yeah the match structures i thought was fantastic they had them in the right places for when the crowd was getting a little bit tired here they go again that shot of adrenaline and yeah i thought they did a fantastic job with the match structure i was just kind of glad brock and ray didn't headline and having the women headline was fantastic and yeah a really well paced match uh well show should i say yeah that's that's what i liked i think <clears throat> excuse me the best was even though it, it had so many matches on the card, I still felt like it, it ended at a nice normal time <laughs> for yep. for WWE pay-per-view. They do tend sometimes to run very, very long. I saw a ton of things on Twitter like, oh, my God, I'll be lucky if I go to bed by 4 a.m., you know, <laughs> all this stuff, right? Um, and I, I really thought they did an excellent job with the pacing. But there were a few surprises, especially on this two-hour kickoff show, which for me, two hours says a lot. But they did have three matches. And they started off with this tag team battle royale for the tag team world cup and i'm sitting here listening to them announce it and i'm going wait a minute what's going on we're having a ta tag team thing there's a trophy 
I was like, what's going on? Uh, but sure enough, they had a cross-branded battle royale, of course, with teams from Raw and NXT and SmackDown, of course, as it is Survivor th- Series. We had uh, the OC, the Street Profits, and Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins on Raw. We had the uh, Revival Heavy Machinery Lucha House Party and um, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode. And then we had Brizongo, the Forgotten Sons, and Imperium. Uh, two members of them representing NXT. So it was pretty stacked uh, Battle Royale, as you might expect. There was some chaos <laughs> ensuing rather early. Lots of crazy things happened in this match. And, of course, the winners ended up being Sigler and Rude. When you saw that this was happening on the pre-show, were you surprised as everybody else? Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. And I don't think it was for the trophy. I think the trophy's from what uh, Gallows oh, okay, and Anderson. Good. So I was going to say, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, they won that at Crown Jewel, I think. I've still not watched Crown oh, Jewel. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched it either. So all I knew was they was now known as the best tag team in the world, and sometimes they showed a trophy. So I think it was just there because Gallows and Anderson was involved. But it was it was a fun match. Um, it was nice to see Imperium in it from NXT UK mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the NXT brand. It was surprising to be honest with who won I, I was i was struggling to i was struggling to see who would win that match for me not having gallows and anderson win it was quite a negative especially when they've just won a similar style thing and became the best tag team in the world so what was your thoughts on the outcome i'm Sad they didn't give it to Street Profits, personally. I think they've been having so much uh, fun, especially as they've been, as I playfully call them, the narrators of Raw, the hype men of Raw. And they've, you know, had some really cool moments as of late, and I thought this was a great opportunity to showcase them. Um, It's just not the choice that they went with. However, thinking about Rude and Ziggler, I can kind of see why they would do it. He's uh, the, uh, the he. They, of course, are with King Corbin right now, so it seems uh, a little bit on on brand to have them win that um, as they're trying to serve a, a higher purpose for SmackDown. And plus, I think they wanted each brand to have a win, <laughs> so <laughs> they give it to SmackDown. I guess I don't know. I was a little surprised because uh, I don't. I mean, they, they were champions, so I guess I can't be too surprised, but. I don't know. It's just an odd pairing for me personally, those two. But I mean, they're wrestling, so I guess it's better than them chilling in the back, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, I can see it with the ego styles, but to me, they've got two different types of egos. Like, when you're thinking of Robert Roode and his e- biggest ego, it was like the it factor stuff in TNA. And it's not. I'm just disappointed what they're doing with Rude, to be honest. It's mm. such a waste. I know, it right? It makes me sad. I don't like it. It is. It's just not... I don't know. He could be in a different... He definitely could be in a different position right now. And they're just... I don't know. I feel like ever since he's come up to... Or quote-unquote come up to... Because now I just think it's a lateral move. Um, but I think since he's joined... Group. Well, hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. If we're, we're going to get real, Kurt, we can get real and talk about NXT being the number one brand. But <laughs> for those who are, are feeling the other way, uh, you know, I feel like ever since he's come to, to Raw and SmackDown, it just hasn't been, I guess, what people who are fans of Robert Roode would like it to be put that way. I think they had they had some gold there for the U.S. champion, but it just didn't catch enough steam. I don't know. I'm disappointed, too. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> But next, we had a Cruiserweight Championship match, which I guess they had kind of talked about happening. I wasn't sure it was going to be triple threat, but sure enough, it's a triple threat because, of course, Survivor Series. So we have to have three. And we have Akira Tozawa on Raw and Leo Rush, the champion, on NXT and Kalisto from SmackDown. Uh, This match uh, was pretty much what I expected it would be. You know, a lot of high-flying, early action, uh, fast and furious, and... I wish this had, for me, a little bit more oomph. I kind of had bigger expectations, and I was a little bit like, oh, wah, wah. I didn't, for some reason, I, di- I didn't feel like there was any reason for them to be fighting, really. No yep. serious backstory. There was no, like, obviously the stakes were the championship, but there, I just didn't feel like it was, uh, I don't know, uh, 
exciting. <laughs> like, what's the point? Um, was the was the cruiserweight champion really gonna go to either SmackDown or Raw? I I didn't think so. So for me, it was kind of like, oh well, Leo's gonna retain easy. What did you think about this match? I was the same. Like at this point, I think it was about half past ten, maybe eleven o'clock here in the UK. And like I mentioned before, I went on the air. I've not been well, so I thought, right, I'm just gonna put it on. I'm gonna lay in bed, see what happens. And yeah, it didn't keep me on the edge of. Well, my bed, really. Um, for the three that was involved, they should be trying to steal the show. But like you said, you, we've just had the NXT title go back... Well, the Cruiserweight title go to NXT. I couldn't see Akira Tozawa really going to NXT because I think he'd get kind of lost there. So they keep him on Raw where he can just have a match every now and again. Kalisto's obviously got the Lucha House Party. So yeah, like you said, Rush was always going to defend. They didn't do anything too extravagant. I understand why they had to have a triple threat with Raw and SmackDown, but I wouldn't have minded if they threw in a couple more people and make it a bit more action-packed where it's not going to be predictable with a Leo Rush win. Mm, yeah. I don't know. It just it was okay for me. It wasn't like anything super stellar. Um, but again, it is it is the kickoff show, so uh, I didn't expect you know a lot of stuff. But I did expect them to show out a little bit more. You know, the cruiserweights for me are always that match where they shine really high when and no one really pays attention, which I always feel bad for them for. But be that as it may, they were not the last match of the pre-show. The last match of the pre-show was the Viking Rangers versus the Undisputed Era, my boys. And the new day for this, uh, you know, brand supremacy tag team championship match. I was surprised this was on the main, uh, on the kickoff show, and not the main card. Were you? Yes, when I saw this on the pre-show. To be honest, this is why I watched the pre-show. I probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise. And as I'm on Twitter and I'm like just scrolling through as I do, see what's happening, and I saw that this match was on the pre-show, and I was like, oh shit, looks like I'm watching the pre-show. So I sat there, watched two hours of the pre-show. Just for this match, to be honest. And I think that's a testament to the three teams in, involved. Because I thought they deserve to be on the main show. They deserve yeah. to have a jam-packed crowd cheering them on. Not people that have just found the seats. Yeah, I felt the same exact way. Especially, you know, it was so nice to see Undisputed on a WWE pay-per-view showing out and it's just it's great and i i too had hoped that they would be on the main card sadly that was not their choice i can understand right they want to get that fast paced energy right before the pay-per-view begins but given a couple of matches that happened later i was like oh this could have easily been on the main card to give some some pop in life to that because tag team wrestling is excellent and these three i mean it's hard to get much better in the wwe right now other than the revival and you know the usos to some extent as well but it was fun. It was energetic. It was fast-paced. Um, the high spots were super awesome. Big men were doing their big men things. <laughs> so <laughs> as, as to be expected, um, I really, really like it. It definitely felt pay-per-view worthy. And um, the Viking Raiders, of course, were victorious. So by the end of the kickoff, we were 1-1-1. One, one, and one. So they started us off, everyone, even. Now, before this pay-per-view actually began, Kurt, did you feel that NXT was going to end up being victorious, or did you think they were going to get put below the other two? I felt that they were, yeah. It was it was difficult because there were so many different contributing factors. Like, history always shows that, say, somebody like NXT, like a brand that's disregarded as lower has always done poor. Look at Raw when they've done a clean sweep over SmackDown in the past. Mm-hmm. The way NXT looked so strong going into it made me feel have they built them up so strong to then put them over, and it's as if to put uh, to put them down and put one of the other shows over to kind of protect them a little bit. And I was pleasantly surprised. Like fast forwarding into the men's match when somebody got beat by. Um, when Roman Reigns pinned somebody, somebody's like, oh, he shouldn't have got, that shouldn't have happened, he should have pinned, and I was like, no, 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 that's, they built him so well, mm. and he didn't need that pin, and I think they did everything really, it was realistic, and it wasn't too much, and I felt that they had the perfect blend, and for a building towards a Wednesday Night War, 
I think Survivor Series has just put a hell of a lot more eyes to the NXT brand. Uh, yeah, and that's a that's great segue, Kirk, because that's what I just was going to ask you how you felt about this. I've seen a lot of chit-chat online about the Wednesday Night Wars and how a lot of people are feeling that the reason NXT ended up being victorious was to put more eyes on their product every single Wednesday. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yes, and it's a smart business idea. Mm, isn't it? A, you've got a huge demographic that's getting over 1 million each week comfortably, and you just put these guys over made them look absolute stars mm-hmm. to your main audience that started do sometimes where it was like kind of crickets and you could tell those well i wouldn't say crickets because you had the hardcore fans at chicago but you'd see a change in the crowd where it'd be people for example adam cole and pete dunn mm. the crowd wasn't as hot as the other matches where it involved main brand guys but then eventually it got these only Raw and SmackDown fans on board and invested. And now, if I, that was my first time watching, I'd be like, oh, shit, I want to see more of that. And I think it's just a perfect way. They've kind of helped it with the invasion. And there's a great way for them to stay on top because they've just blown the roof off the place and had two fantastic nights back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, they really have. And what a way to kick off Survivor Series and with this Survivor Series traditional elimination match for the ladies, the five-on-five-on-five. On five on five. Um, of course, Team SmackDown, Sasha, Dana, Carmella, Nikki, and Lacey versus Charlotte, Asuka, Kyrie, Natalya, and Sarah Logan versus Rhea, Bianca, Io, Candice, and Tony. Woo! What a roster you got right there. And uh, I f- was... So excited after War Games when Rhea was talking to H and picked this team. I I believe truly that NXT is has the best women's division around right now, other than Impact. Like for me, those are the top two, other than Stardom, but Stardom is an all-female promotion, so that doesn't count. <laughs> it's its own entity in and of itself, and they're awesome. Hashtag watch Stardom. But in terms of divisions within a company, I, I feel like NXT is just showing out. And what a match for them. Um, the only thing, though, Kurt, that I just didn't really like about this was the repeat of what we saw at War Games. So at War Games, yes. we saw Rhea's teammates, uh, one Dakota Kai, turns on her best friend, Tegan Knox, And we have this heel turn, which was excellent, by the way. It was beautifully done. And then, of course, those two are now out of the match. So Rhea is left, you know, two people down. And, oh, my God, how is she ever going to win? And then, of course, she does. So I see this happen with Io and Candice, and I'm like, oh, no, not again. We just did this, guys. (laughs) Why are we doing this again? I hated that. Um, I did like that they came back, but I I would have preferred if them and Asuka had come back. Like, I get Asuka was like, F you guys, I'm out. But... It also leaves her technically in the match. So if you're going to do it with two, you kind of, for me at least, for continuity, you should do all three and just get her out of there somehow. You know, like EO could have taken Asuka out or or whatever. But I just, it just felt strange in that regard to have it two nights in a row. I was wondering how you felt about the repeat on Survivor Series. Yeah, I had the sour taste as well. I was like, ah, come on, like... Don't give Rhea Ripley the Roman Reigns effect already. Mm. Like, before, like she's only just get going. I like the fact though, and I've got to say, throughout the full roster of NXT, every single person saw the war they've just been through the night before. Mm-hmm. And I love that because in the past we've seen people either on Smack, um, on SmackDown or Raw the week before a pay per view, or on a pay per view get injured and then they're running about the place the next night on the next show. And to me, I'm like, nah, come on, some continuity. And all of them had that. So I get why they did it. But yeah, I could have done without it. I could have as well. Though, I think we would be remiss if we didn't, for just a moment, uh, discuss Rhea Ripley. I mean, what a week she had. All of (laughs) everything that she did this week leading up to War Games and then into Survivor Series. Uh, Star is born, man. Come, you know, it's so cool for 
for people who've been fans for Rhea for a long time to see her completely show out <laughs> on a WWE pay-per-view, not just NXT or NXT UK. It, it just to really see her shine, you know, pinning Charlotte, going toe-to-toe with Becky, beating Shayna Baszler, like whatever. And then she comes and kicks serious ass in this match as well. It was just such a delight to see her shine so bright. She's 23 years old. Like, I know. That is ridiculous. Like, come WrestleMania 50, she will <laughs> still be two years younger than what Shayna Baszler currently is. I know. Isn't that wild? That is ridiculous. That is insane. And it's been... When she first came to NXT UK, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Come on. And then she won over the crowd, like, she wasn't a Brit and everyone was like, come on, you're creating our own brand, but you're putting over somebody that's never been on the UK scene. And then everybody got to see her and was like, oh, actually, this girl can go. And she helped build that NXT UK brand. She's gone over to America, started killing it there. And to me, she's everything that Becky Lynch should be. With this oh. whole badass, the man yes. sort of persona. Becky Lynch should be what Rhea Ripley's character is. But obviously, it's very micromanaged. It gets, yeah, we can sell stuff, so they just make it a slogan and things like that. Whereas Rhea Ripley is actually badass. Oof. You know, <laughs> I agree. And and just to, sorry, Becky fans, but uh, Rhea Ripley's also better than Becky in the ring. And oh, yeah. uh, it's by leaps and bounds, and I'm sorry to say it, but it's very true. And I feel like that triple threat really exposed her. But anywho, we'll get there later. Rhea, I just, <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> Kurt, you know me. I don't bullshit nobody. I'll just tell you like it is. But um, I, I think for Rhea, she's just, uh, it's such a nice thing to see. She's so young and so talented. And she has the total package. She's got the face. She's got the look. She's got the attitude. She can speak on the mic. She's coherent. And she's believable. And that's exactly what you need. And, uh, yeah, big time. That's the best part about this match for me. I was so pumped NXT won. And uh, just an enjoyable ladies match all around, I think. Yeah, it was very good. And like I said, it like I could watch her and Sasha Banks all day long. Right. Out of, out of everybody on the main roster, I, I like the sequences they was doing on SmackDown. I liked it in the match. And for me... As great as, like, Becky Lynch is great, Charlotte is great, but for me, I think Sasha Banks is probably the strongest in the ring, maybe, on the main roster. Well, on Raw and SmackDown. And I think for Rhea Ripley being the bigger woman, mm-hmm. like, they just worked so well together, and that's something I could watch over and over and over again. And, again, the same with Charlotte. Like, I could watch Rhea Ripley and Charlotte go at it over and over. So, I'm with you. Like <laughs> Becky Lynch is, she's great. Don't get me wrong, but oh yeah, she can't lace Rhea's boots. Totally agree. It's uh, it's, it's it's a cool thing to see. So I'm very happy about that. And the next match has been widely called a dream match by by many. Um, this is crazy. In twenty, I'm keep saying it, Kurt, and I'm gonna keep saying it until 2019 <laughs> is over. 2019 is wild. Things you never thought you'd see in WWE. This is one. And AJ Styles, of course, United States champion. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This holiday, there's zero fees to switch. Right now, get high-speed data for just 25 bucks a line for four lines. That's Metro's lowest price, period. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Metro by T-Mobile. Empowering you to rule your holiday. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com. Champion on Raw versus Roddy Strong, North American champion in NXT versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental champion on SmackDown. Holy Jesus. <laughs> this, this was insane. Insane, right? amazing it was like a ring of honor new japan tour of the worlds like yes match and i must say that's before ring of honor became a shit company to work for clearly so fuck you greg but yeah um back to the match incredible incredible and i think 
I I couldn't predict it how it had gone, but my last guess was the outcome. Like I did not expect the outcome at all. I didn't either. I was so pleasantly surprised. I th- I truly thought they were going to give it to AJ, and I'm like, wait a minute, who won? What happened? Roddy, oh damn! All right, undisputed, let's go. Because <laughs> after the night they had at War Games, I was like, oh shit, we're in trouble. But he was excellent, and you know. What I loved about this match uh, is twofold. Uh, well, I guess threefold. <laughs> One, I really loved that Roddy Strong won, and he put out an excellent showcase of just what he's all about. Two, AJ Styles reminded us why he's the phenomenal one. That dude is just one of the best, bar none, and you can at me, because we could talk about AJ Styles all day long. And three, this was the first match in a long time where Nakamura looked great. It's been a while since we've been able to see him wrestle like this. And this triple threat, the chemistry, the sparkles, it was all there. Like the pixie dust, whatever whatever happened, happened in this match. It was it was perfect. Total A from me. Uh, and, and strong winning was like the cherry on top of a Sunday. Yeah, Nakamura finally looked like Nakamura again. Right? I'm being honest. And whilst we're on Nakamura, what's your thoughts on the new title? Oh, God. All right. Well, I don't dislike it, but I love the white belt. There's just something about the white that has always stood out to me and been so eye-catching and eye-popping. And I've just associated it with that belt for such a long time that I'm like, oh, well, why why are we changing it? I'm very confused. (laughs) I don't hate it. It's not ugly or anything like that. Um, But... I don't I don't know about the black. It's a it's a really nice belt. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Maybe that they, that's the best way to put it. They've changed the only Raw and SmackDown title belt that they didn't need to change. Yeah. They could have changed any of a belt and it'd have been an improvement. I agree. And they changed the one belt that doesn't need to be changed. Yeah, why didn't they change the United States title? That's the one that needs a serious upgrade. Or the Universal title. Oh, or that's the a disaster title. Too. Or the tag team. Yeah, every title but the IC. <laughs> you don't like the tag titles? I like the tag titles. Yeah. No, they could be better for you. Yeah. Okay. I, I just pref- I just prefer, like, I don't know. They're okay, but, again, if I was to change one thing over the IC... I'd choose the tag titles over the IC to change. Yeah, oh, yeah, me too. I like the way the, uh, the Intercontinental title looks. Uh, the original, the white, not the new one. <laughs> well, not the original, but the one that's been used for a long time. So, it, you know what the, uh, the other thing that it made me think of? It looks more like a, a title, like a real, like, expensive, uh, sought-after title than your main championships do. And that, I think, is a mistake. Yep. It looks a lot like a lot of the British titles over here. It looks a lot like the Progress title, if you've seen yeah. that. Um, but yeah, It does it look seems, like that, that's right, yeah. It seems more, it looks more prestigious than every other title they've got on Raw or SmackDown. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Kurt. Coming in clutch. <laughs> um, we could go on about titles for a long time, but unfortunately we're not in charge, so... We'll just move on to this best match of the night, my match of the night, Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne, Holy Mary. Let's chat real quick. Here's a statement, react. Adam Cole is 2019. I don't think you can argue. Mm. However, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, however, the only person you could maybe put in that conversation Will Ospreay. Yes, I agree. 100%. I them two have been the best bout machines this year. 100%. Without a doubt. I think they've both had meteoric years, like astronomical, out-of-this-world yeah. years. The, the pair of them, absolutely. Um, but for me, I love Will Ospreay a lot as a wrestler. I enjoy his work. I think he's put in a serious amount of work this year. 
And then you look at Adam Cole and you think about the takeovers matches that he's been in. Just those alone. It's ridiculous. Never mind the stuff. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Adam Cole Cole has gone to play in Land of the Giants Mm -hmm. like he belonged. Yeah, Adam Cole, baby. (laughs) He does belong, Kurt. You're right. I, I think they did a really good job of, to me, Adam Cole, everyone's like, yeah, he's good. But because of all this invasion stuff, everybody's like, nope, they've made Adam Cole look like a megastar now. Yeah. This invasion has helped Adam Cole's prestige within the company and how people view it that little bit better because he stood toe-to-toe with arguably two of the best they've got with Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and... Yeah, what he's just amazing. Everything he does is fantastic, from the facial expressions to the manoeuvres, the way he speaks, the mm-hmm. way he carries himself. Everything's executed fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, imagine beating Daniel Bryan, facing off of Seth Rollins, getting attacked by the OC, winning that freaking ladder match, by the way, uh, beating uh, a whole bunch of other people, uh, competing in war games, and then, and then going into this match with Pete Dunn on Survivor Series. Are you kidding me? After that spot him and Ciampa did at War Games, I expected him to just be like, okay, let's just get this over with fast. They put in some serious work in this match. Complete A, uh, even though his ribs were totally taped. And you would just would have thought that he just had one match the night before and was hurt. Never mind the whole week that he had. And... What an enjoyable, exciting, hard-hitting contest between these two. I, I, I loved it. And mm-hmm. it goes back to my other statement where NXT saw, told such a great story of carrying their injuries because they've been to war. That's right. Can you imagine how good Adam Cole vs. Pete Dunne 2 will be when neither of them are selling an injury? Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. And and this is what they do injured, please. Yep. Please. (laughs) I can't. It's just such, it's madness, and it's going to be excellent. I agree. Cole versus Dunn 2 is going to be an excellent one. But this just had some serious grit, kind of just that hellish physical battle between them two. What a a gutsy. I mean, he's like, is he the Terminator? Is he just like (laughs) not human? Like, how do you even do that? It's unbelievable. That Panama sunrise on the apron. Oh, God. Ouch. Yeah, I I said ouch, and what didn't even happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, he, he's... Adam Cole, baby, is... Um, I don't know. I saw that statement, Adam Cole is 2019, and I, I couldn't argue. Uh, I have to say it's probably undisputed. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Aside from El <laughs> Osprey, but he is. <laughs> so... As if we didn't have any other chances to breathe. Now we're rolling into this craziness with Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. I mean, for me, in this match, I knew The Fiend was going to win. However, this was, for me, The Fiend's best match bar none since returning from injury. Um, And and obviously, since he's been champion. Uh, I, I think this was the first time that he's competed that someone wasn't totally scared of him. Yes. That that Daniel Bryan was like, you want crazy? All right, let's go. I got mental instability. Let's do it. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> All right, so let's go. And he was just phenomenal. This was a not-so-subtle reminder of how goddamn awesome Daniel Bryan is. And we haven't seen him in such a high-caliber big stakes match in a, in a long while. Yeah. He was tagging and champion and stuff. I don't really count that. I mean, just singles, regular Daniel Bryan. And this is, uh, this was something to see. It wasn't my favorite, favorite match of the night, but definitely was up there. I enjoyed it. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm the biggest lover of the red light. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I think (laughs) it's tell me. I think it takes a lot away from the match. Like, I think... I get why they do it. But... I I don't... 
I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest mm. fan of it, but I felt Bray looked absolutely fantastic. Um, I like the fact that Daniel Bryan did punish him and it made him look strong, but mm-hmm. they didn't do they didn't go over the top like Seth Rollins did. Right. Which I really liked as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. I liked what they did a little bit earlier, where it was actually the Miz being nicer Daniel Bryan for a change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting. I think the Fiend would be the perfect person to bring the Warrior out of the Miz. Oh. I think Miz has been known for somebody that shies away from fights, and you've been seeing him have a little bit more fighting him recently. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the way he did with Tommaso Ciampa. Right. I think it could be the perfect time. And I'm not saying the Miz should beat him. I won't be mad against that. I love the Miz. But I think it'd be the great time to make Miz be a warrior, to have such heart, and to make people respect him. Oh, that is very interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, what now? We really have TLC in pretty short order on December the 15th. So, like, okay, where do we go? How do we build someone in three weeks? Solidly. Triple threat. Um, triple threat, maybe. Yeah, I was thinking about you that. Keep, like, keep the fiend strong. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. take the pin. Maybe somebody else, like, gets involved or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then the fiend can go do their thing away from the title again. Right. And then got Miz and Brian. Mm. They should have done a long time ago as a proper feud for the main title. Yes, a real feud instead of the the wives feud and all that craziness that they did. They, they booked that so poorly. I felt like they could have done so much better justice to this rivalry. Um, that would be cool to see them both in the in the title picture again. Um, we'll see if they pull the trigger on that one. But the next match was the men's version of the traditional Survivor Series elimination match, the five-on-five-on-five, in which we had Team Raw led by Rollins. They had KO, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Ricochet versus Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali, and Braun Strowman, and Team NXT, which was announced just before the show with Tommaso Ciampa, Walter, or Volter, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. So shall we get the elephant out of the room first, Kurt? <laughs> Go for it. How how do you feel about Walter being eliminated straight away? <laughs> um, I have conspiracies over this. Okay, talk to us. Walter didn't really want to sign for WWE. Not like it wasn't... A massive goal for him. He turned him down once before because he didn't really want to leave Germany. Mm-hmm. From different people that I know in the UK, people have mentioned he may not be overly happy mm. with WWE and that once his contract's up, he may not resign unless WWE offers a lot of money. That can always change opinions. He did a spot. In OTT, where David Starr stood on the WWE United Kingdom Championship, that wasn't approved by WWE. Oh. And basically, WWE was like, hey, here's more money. Don't let it happen again. Interesting. I was recently at NXT UK TV tapings. It was the last set of TV tapings going into NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. And, hmm... I felt like they, for what they've done on SmackDown, Imperium didn't go over, kind of looked a bit weak on SmackDown overall, mm-hmm. which it was. NXT UK, it ended with Gallus giving out Christmas cards with Volta dressed up as a Santa. Mm-hmm. They let Seth Rollins give him the nickname Jolly Wally, which they played on on NXT UK TV tapings. And now you're jobbing Volta out straight away. Could it be a case that Volta's not signing because you know they really don't like it when the toys are leaving? Mm, that's true. So it's all these little things. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. But it's just... 
from the Jolly Wally to the Christmas cards to Imperium losing quite easily on either Raw or SmackDown, and then Walter getting eliminated straight away. It's all a bit, yeah. It's it's not looking. It's not encouraging to say the least. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, people on Queen's Court, direct from Kurt. We got some theories going on. Um, geez, that's very interesting. We'll have to keep a close eye on that. Um, for me, not knowing any of that kind of stuff, I just thought it was a mistake. You know, you've built this man to just be completely unstoppable, unbeatable, unpinnable. And now you just ruin it. I don't, I just didn't understand why, but now that you give me some context, mm-hmm, very interesting. Um, that for me kind of ruined this match. I was like, ugh. plus I don't really like a lot of the people involved. <laughs> so yeah, me neither. Who was it that pinned him? Was it McIntyre? Um, McIntyre eliminated him. Yes, indeed. The only way it works is that, if Walter defends at NXT UK TakeOver 2, McIntyre mm-hmm. hits him with a Claymore. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, that's the, was that's like, the only way they'll say There's a reason it. it's McIntyre. Yep. So they can play it that way. That was my immediate reaction um, after I thought about, after the match ended and I thought about it a little bit more. I'm like, ooh, if they play it like he's going to go over there to try to challenge for the title or do something to mess with him, uh, then I can see that. Especially that's why they would do it. Yeah, especially considering Imperium are feuding with Gallus, which are free Scotsmen. Right, so he could show up and do that. That could be interesting, I guess, you know, we'll see. But uh, ultimately here, Team SmackDown defeated Raw and Team NXT. Um, oh, I don't think we said Cole won, but he won. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Whoops. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um so now we move into this WWE Championship match, if you will, the, the semi-main event, the the just-before-main event. I'm really glad that this didn't main event, but I have some thoughts about the women as well. We'll get there. But first we had, of course, the WWE Champion Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio for the title. Did you see Rey's gear? Any thoughts on that? It was like Joker-inspired. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I like his inspired, like, outfits, to be honest. Um, But maybe go a little bit more serious when you step in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I I didn't understand why. Like, I like his themes as well. Those are some of my favorite Ray. Like, the question mark was my favorite Ray. But I don't understand, like, why. Why are you the Joker in this scenario? Yeah. Like trying to figure it out. Like, what does it all mean? Especially with the whole Cain Velasquez thing and his son. I don't know. And then his son comes out with the towel. What is this? AEW Dynamite? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, why oh I was. Oh my thinking. God, MJF? What the hell? <laughs> I was laughing hysterically after that. Yeah. What did you think of the towel scenario and Dominic running to his dad's defense? <laughs> I, I thought it was a bit tongue in cheek by WWE. I thought so too. Yeah. We're not wasting a title match by a towel throw, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was tongue in cheek, personally. I think I think you're right. Um, <clears throat> but you know, actually, I really liked this match. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoy in general when Brock fights smaller guys. I think he just performs way way better, as evidenced by his matches with Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins and. Um, who's not really that small either, but smaller than him, uh, and AJ Styles and and even Finn Balor. I thought it was great in that respect. Um, you know, it was a typical Lesnar match in that way. Ray got some offense in, um, the angle with Dominic, of course, comes to play as we mentioned, but what did you think about this match as it uh, played out? I really enjoyed the bits with Dominic, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, it made me believe Ray could actually win. Mm, gave it that feel good like hope right yeah that double six one nine the two frog splashes and fair play to dominic he hit both of them fantastically his chair shot to lesnar looked great and props to lesnar he made Rey mysterio look like a believable challenger sure he's helped set the foundations for dominic's wwe career 
And everybody's quick to slate Lesnar. I think he needs to be um, complimented on that. I do too, you know. I feel like a lot of people don't give him credit for how well he sells. Like when Brock puts in that work, he sells like a like a complete champ, pun intended. Look at him with Samoa Joe. He was fantastic in that feud with Samoa Joe and selling Indeed. that. And yeah, he he's fantastic and it made it it made me think that they was going to win. But then as soon as he kicked out, I was like, nah, it's done now. Lesnar's winning. And I thought it was a fantastic end catching him in the um, the F5 like that. Yeah, I thought that was an excellent finish and very believable match. Like we said, you know, Ray coming in, you just thought for just a second, just a glimmer of hope, right? They hit that double 619. Oh, maybe he will win the championship. His son will be there. It's in the same arena he won it the first time. That's crazy. And then... You know, Brock Lesnar retains. So um, I thought overall it was a good match and wasn't disappointed. So, hey, I know Brock is very controversial and myself. I have a very love-hate relationship with Brock Lesnar. But uh, Brock draws and, and people like him, you know, and they like to hate him as well. So I don't know what else we could say about that one, Kurt. No, I think in terms of storytelling, they knocked out of the park. Yeah, I agree completely but that leads us into our last and final match of the evening which was a triple threat becky lynch versus Shayna baszler versus bailey um all right i'm gonna let you go first talk to me about this match um could have been better mm-hmm. Shayna baszler's fantastic she was the high point for the match for me. There was just... I don't know, there was something missing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it lived up to the hype. I don't know if it's just because of the dynamic of a triple threat, maybe. it was, Or it might have been because it was a long show. I'm not too sure. But Shayna getting the win was the perfect thing. Um in my opinion, and by submission as well. So it's going to be interesting the way they've kind of built her back up straight away after getting pinned by Rhea Ripley. But what's next for Becky Lynch and Bailey after not over Queen Shayna? I know. It's very interesting, isn't it? So I got, I got a couple things to, to say here. I think a couple of a combination of issues were happening. You know, it was the end of the night. I feel like the crowd was a little bit gassed. They were a little bit of a strange crowd anyway. They're normally very, very hot. And in spots they were, but in other spots I thought they were oddly quiet. It was very strange, and this was this was one of them. They were a little quiet here, and I was a little confused. Um, so the thing I wanted to say first about the ladies was I thought that Bailey, for me at least, was the undisputed workhorse of this match. But the heat was really between Lynch and Baszler. They set it up that way with that promo. And they said it both by saying, well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on Bailey, but it's really about you and me. And from there, I think they kind of, they, they screw themselves over in that respect. You know, Bailey had her moment to answer that but i don't think it ever really clicked you know i I think people are struggling with her as a heel they're not really sure what type of heel she is it's kind of wishy-washy in some spots um and and i think people excuse me i think people are struggling with that and the heat was really between lynch and baszler and i just i don't know i don't know what i don't know what it really truly is but i think it has something to do with those two things yeah like I said, it was just there was just something missing from that match, and yeah, it was quite underwhelming. And I think that's why I said when it comes to like Rhea Ripley's opponents, like Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, mm-hmm. I think has Becky Lynch peaked? Has she mm. let the foot off the gas a little bit? I think she had, this was the first time in a while 
this uh, promo with Shayna and this build towards this pay-per-view. I think it was the first time since Mania that she's been hot, like the man again. Yep. I feel like in the time between Mania and now, it's been a lot of the same repetitive stuff. And yep. she was in terrible feuds. Um, I think she, a lot of her weaknesses were exposed when she was fighting Lacey. You know, Lacey's, in my opinion, just not not ready for, for the main roster in any type of way. I think she's still very green and in a lot of ways dangerous to, to other people she wrestles. And I... I think for Becky, when she's in matches with people who are excellent workers, she puts out her best work. She struggles with people who aren't. And in this match, she had two that were great. You know, Bailey has her own character issues, but she's great in the ring. And Baszler is Baszler. And I feel like Becky looked the weakest of the three here. And did she peak? I think so. I think she hit her hottest point. Um, with the man, I still think she's talented on the mic. I still think she does great things. I know they they have her as the face of the company right now, but in terms of the women, uh, I just I don't know. Uh, the crowd seems to be kind of hot and cold with her. Sometimes they really love her. Other times they're like, oh, where'd the where'd the man go? I don't know. It's it's a very interesting dynamic. You know, us fans too. Sometimes we're a little bit fickle, but. I feel like I was trying to give her a shot after Mania. It's been several months since April, and and I haven't felt like it's gotten back to where it was previous to Mania until now. Yeah, I agree. The stuff with Shayna, and even the stuff with Rhea Ripley on NXT, where Rhea was like, so you're the man? Show me you've got a pair of balls and stuff. It was Mm -hmm. those instances where I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. This is going to be exciting. It's not something where it used to be exciting now it's still or like Lacey Evans where they're just not ready for that sort of push. Yeah. It was kind of backtracking a little bit though, going back to, I think we should talk about Keith Lee's performance. Oh, you know, I totally forgot and I did not mean to. I'm so sorry, Keith Lee. Please do. I think, and that was a person I was referring to later on where Roman Reigns pinned Keith Lee to win the match and I think that was the perfect outcome because it wasn't over pushing because I think Keith Lee won't be facing Adam Cole just yet but it's one of those where you can't not put him against Adam Cole if he pins Roman Reigns I think Keith Lee won't be on NXT for much longer I think Raw or Smackdown will use him and Everybody talks about Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar. They want to see that match. Give me Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar. Ooh, yeah. Now that would be sweet. I think Keith Lee, Adam Cole, Shayna Baszler, um, Rhea really put on the NXT showcase this weekend, but specifically at Survivor Series. And the the I could watch Roman fight Keith Lee for a longer match. Like I that's something I'd like to see and would enjoy it. Yes. And I would love to see him versus Brock Lesnar. It'd be very interesting because he's not your normal big man, right? He's he's pretty agile. <laughs> if you oh, saw yeah. his leapfrog on war games, you'd be shocked. <laughs> if you haven't, go watch it. It's pretty crazy. He was basically Brock Lesnar fight like ten years ago. Mm, indeed. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Like Brock used to be super athletic, and yep. then he didn't need to be. Right. So there's no point trying to do all these fancy maneuvers. But all I can see is Keith easily powering out of Brock, and then just giving him that power bomb or something like that. Oh, I want it. Give me Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> well, let's go. We may just get it. We may just get it, Kurt. We may get the nice things in 2020. We never know. We just never know what might happen in this business. That's for sure. But what were your overall final thoughts about Smackdown, Smackdown Survivor Series? <laughs> <laughs> really well done. The results were very surprising at times. I think they got nearly every result right i think the triple threat for like strong shinsuke and styles that could have gone ev- like any way really and for me 
It was that or Cole and Dunn that was man of the match. Like they they stole it. They stole the show. Those two matches, in my opinion. But I have to agree with what you said. Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, and hell, even Tommaso Ciampa in the build-up. I think they've proven that they are. They're going to be mega stars. I think so too. NXT put the real stamp. They're the real story of Survivor Series. And uh, I, I love that they won. I was so excited. I'm glad it wasn't a clean sweep. Like we had last Survivor Series when Raw won everything except for the one match on the pre-show. So I'm glad it wasn't that. I'm glad that we got, you know, wins in for everybody. Raw took the most, you know, losses. So that I thought was interesting. And uh, I'm looking forward to to what's going to come next for NXT. I've been loving what they've been doing recently. It, it just feels hot again. It feels like it used to feel. And, and that's the thing that I'm taking away from Survivor Series. But, man, buddy, it has been an absolute pleasure chit-chatting with you about Survivor Series. What a fun pay-per-view. And, and what a fun time breaking it down with a friend. So thank you so much for joining me on Queen's Court. Please let the people know where they can find you, what you got upcoming, and uh, about your shows. Oh, thank you. So you can find myself at katejohansen93. Uh, tend to message there if you are wanting to collab. I tend to share everything that I'm doing on that Twitter account as well. And, yeah, you can see me every week. Well, see or hear me every week at Ringside Pod. Or head over to my new baby, Kate's Angle Pod. Now, I know the name is fantastic. It's, <laughs> it was one where every, I got proposed it a few times. I was like, eh, it's a bit cheesy. And I thought, you know what? I'm embracing it. So, yeah, you can find me at Kets Angle Pod. And my first episode that I released was an interview with La Mira Mira, NWA's Thunder Rosa. So, we talk everything about her career. Or head over to Ringsada. And you can check out my latest interview as part of a WWE press interview with the Kiwi Buzzsaw, Travis Banks from NXT UK. Wow, look at you go, Kurt. <laughs> I'm back, baby. You're back, baby. You're back and you better. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again. And my dear listeners in the States, it is Thanksgiving. So from me to you, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you'll hear at the beginning of this episode, of course, my my thanks uh, uh, excitement that I give you in the intro. I just want to reiterate that again, uh, how thankful I am for 2019 and for all of you. So as always, my dear ones, please enjoy the rest of your day. Eat that turkey. Watch that American football. And please be kind to one another. Mm-hmm.